Would you turn with me this morning to 1 Samuel, the second chapter, and down in verse uh, 29 and 30, we'll just read the end of 30, last part of verse 30, the Lord said, them that honor me, I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Let's read that out loud together. For them that honor me, I will honor. Who said that? God said that. And they that despise me, the Lord said, shall be lightly esteemed. Now, we've been on this uh, subject for a few weeks now. Talking about reverence and glory. Does it make a difference how much you understand and how much you exercise yourself to honor the Lord? Does that affect your life directly? If you honor him, what did he say he will do? He's going to honor you. Now just like there are a number of different ways we can honor him. There's also a bunch of different ways he can honor us. Now, one of the greatest ways he honors us is by his presence. (laughs) We know he's always with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us, but he's not always manifested to the same degree, day to day, place to place. How many would acknowledge there are times you've been more aware of him? than at other times. Maybe there are times it didn't feel like he was there. He was. But there are other times you didn't have to wonder if he's here or not. Man, his presence is wonderful. His presence is strong. Well, he's honoring us. Well, you know, by like token, one way you honor him is with your presence. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, just you being here this morning. Hmm? Your presence here in his place, coming to respect him and honor him, you've honored him by you being here. Now, there's some folk that's probably just rolled over in the bed this morning. They got no good reason for not being here. This is their place. They should be here. Well, they didn't honor him this morning. Right? Will that affect them being honored? It does. I said it does. And the truth is, so many Christians have such a low uh, level of commitment to the Lord. They believe in the Lord, but only so far. And uh, they don't mind going to church once in a while, but they don't want the Lord intruding into their life too much. And they don't want to commit to anything. That's why they don't like to hear about tithing. They don't like to hear about sowing and giving. They don't like to hear about ministry and service teams and being a part of this and giving time. And they don't like to hear about that because their commitment level is not there. They've only given this much to the Lord. Well, you know, Jesus didn't mince words about this. He said, uh, you got to be willing to give everything. You got to love the Lord more than you love mama and daddy and brother and sister and your own life. Amen. 
Didn't he say that? And he said, if you don't do that and you're not willing to do that, he said, you can't be my disciple. Didn't he say that? What does that mean? He expects us to be completely committed. He does not like half measures. Does he? He doesn't like it when we play with it, when we dabble in it, when we do a little bit of it. What do you say in Revelation? He'd rather that you were cold or hot. Now think about that for a minute. Cold? Wouldn't warm be better than cold? <laughs> huh? I mean, at least you got some heat. <laughs> Isn't some better than none? What's he talking about? He's talking about our heart. Christianity is not supposed to be a side thing with us. It's supposed to be the thing. Right? Christianity is not supposed to be something we do on a Sunday morning. We're supposed to honor the Lord every breath we have. Every day we wake up. Come on now. Everywhere we go, everything we do, we are His he is ours. He has redeemed us. What does that mean? It means he bought us and paid for us. We're his. I don't know if we realize sometimes when we're talking about redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. What does that mean? Bought and paid for. We're his. Somebody say, I'm his. He bought me. He paid for me. I'm his. That goes on to say in 1 Corinthians, therefore, we should glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are his. He said, you've been bought with a price. Have we been redeemed? Then we're his. We ought to be all about honoring him all the time. Our commitment level, how far should it go? In life and in death. We live for him, we die for him. Just like he died for us and he ever lives for us. Can you say amen? amen. Say it out loud, Lord. Lord help, me help me to honor you more. To, honor you more. to be fully committed, be fully committed to, you. to you. He said, them that honor me, I will honor those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now go to Proverbs, the third chapter, please. Proverbs 3. Now, in talking about honoring, like we said, there's many different ways we can honor the Lord. There's many different ways we can despise him. That word sounds strange to a lot of Christians these days. In our vocabulary, despise has come to mean detesting and maybe even disgust. But in the scripture here, it covers a lot more ground than that. To despise, notice, they that despise me shall be what? Lightly esteemed. That gives you insight into what he's calling despising. You can despise something simply by ignoring it. Are y'all with me now? You can despise something or someone simply by leaving it out, by ignoring it, by paying no attention to it. 
You just despised it. Now that sounds strange to us, but that's the Bible. What does it mean you despised it? Well, what does it mean that you honor it? To honor, if you look up the Hebrew words and the Greek words, it has to do with something that is heavy, something that is weighty, and by implication, something that is precious and valuable. In those days, when you went to buy something, you didn't pull out your credit card. Hmm? They had scales with the chains and baskets and what have you. And he said, well, how much is that? Well, how much it was, was determined by a weight. And that's why the Lord kept telling them, use perfect weights and balances. He's talking about weights because people would cheat other people by taking weights that weren't right, too heavy or too light. And if something is really expensive, you had to pile a lot of precious metal on one side of that scale to buy it, gold or silver or whatever it was. And the more valuable it was, the heavier the price. I mean, something super valuable, you had to bring like 20 donkeys loaded with gold. You might know what I'm talking about. It was heavy, a heavy price. Because it was valuable. And when we honor the Lord, we honor his things, how do we do it? It's not a matter of paying currency out, but it is a matter of it meaning a lot to us. Are you with me now? It has to do with you esteeming it. There's a popular phrase nowadays, whatever. And that ought not be in our vocabulary. Whatever. No biggie, no big deal. That should never be used in reference to anything that has to do with the Lord. To us, everything that has to do with the Lord should be important. It should be weighty. It should be valuable. And we should not despise it. And by that, uh, the scriptures talks about we should not lightly esteem it. It is a big deal. Hmm? The church, the gospel. The Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the offerings of the Lord, sing and worship and praise. Somebody say, big deal, big deal, important. Our service, our ministries, our brothers, our sisters, the things of God, big deal, huge to us, huge to us. You never hear us saying no biggie about the things of God. Yes, biggie, very biggie, (laughs) right? Very biggie. Huge deal to us. Big. Now you can see it in the the lightness. The Lord said to me uh, oh, some months ago this phrase. I wrote it down. Our casualness is costing us. It's very popular for everything to be casual. And you see people, you know, show up preachers. Show up supposed to be ministering in shorts and flip-flops. And somebody says, what's the problem with that? Well, it depends on where you are, what's going on. But it's not just the shorts and the flip-flops. They got a shorts and flip-flops attitude. Are you with me now? You don't have to wear a suit and a tie. You don't have to have expensive clothes. But you do want to give God dignity. And you do want it to be a difference in your mind between coming to church and going to the ball field. 
should be a difference to you. And if it is a difference to you, you're going to dress differently. You're going to act differently. Right? Because it's a different thing to you. And if you show up with the same casualness or sloppiness for the things of God that you do in the natural things of the world, you are despising the Lord. I know that sounds too strong, but it's just a fact. Another way of saying it, you are lightly esteeming the things of the Lord. You're not valuing them like they should be. So what does this have to do with our life? When we honor him, tell me what happens. Come on, tell me. What if we honor him a little bit? He's able to honor us a little. What if we learn how to honor him a lot? He will honor us. A lot. And like we said, one of the biggest ways he honors us is with his presence. How many would like to have ten times the presence of God manifested in your life than you've ever had before? How about a hundred times? It's within our grasp. We can initiate it. How? By honoring him more. Now in Proverbs 3. Did you find it? We're talking further about how to do this. How do we honor him? We've talked about a number of different things, but let's go further today. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How much of it? How much of it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. We are not to be head led, but spirit directed. God gave you a mind, use it, think, but don't make decisions just based on your head. Don't make decisions based only on the best information you have, because you really can never have enough information. To make the perfect decision every time. Any situation that you're talking about. You don't know all there is to know about that. And what you really don't know is the future. But he does. He knows everything about it. And he knows the future. He's in you. The spirit of God is in your spirit. In your heart. And that's why use your head. You know, we've learned how to do this. If we're looking at purchases, we're looking at plans, we're looking at developments or expansions or or ministry outreach or meetings, I use my head. Phyllis uses her head. We find out what we can find out. Sometimes we do a lot of research to find out. But all the while I'm making notes and finding out stuff, I'm looking in here. I'm checking in here. And sometimes... My information says do this, but my heart says do this. So you know what we do? This. Are you with me now? Say it out loud. I am not head led. I use my head, but I'm not led by my head. He said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not. Don't trust. Don't rely On your own understanding. Keep reading. In all your ways. Acknowledge him. And he shall. Direct thy paths. Read that out loud with me. In all 
your ways. Acknowledge him. Do what? Who? Do what with him? Acknowledge him. Say that three times. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. What's the opposite of acknowledging him? Ignoring him. Leaving him out. Forgetting him. Can you see right here? And this is our main emphasis for today. Honor me, he says, and I'll honor you. How do we honor him? Here's one way. You honor him by acknowledging him. How would you dishonor him? How would you lightly esteem him? Not acknowledging him. Now we live in a society where it is politically correct to leave God out. And it's gotten worse. We're going to be talking about more of this. And it is a problem. It is not okay. It's a problem. It has already affected us tremendously. And yet the push is on to ignore God more. And we're told that we're not to acknowledge God in public places. We're told it's not proper. It's not right. In fact, some people try to say it's illegal while others are pushing for it to be illegal for you and me to acknowledge God publicly. Now, 50 years ago, people wouldn't even believe this. And we don't like to believe it, but we're here. I said, we're here. There are people pushing and entirely too close to getting laws passed that would make it illegal. We could be arrested. We could be punished for publicly acknowledging God and praying to God and talking about God in public places. Particularly courthouses. Courts of law, things of this nature, federal properties. Is this okay? No. It is absolutely not okay. It puts us in danger. It has already put us in danger. And it opens the door to the enemy because if you don't acknowledge God, if you say, no, we can't talk, leave God out, do you know what you just left out when you left God out? You just left out God's protection. You just left out God's help. You just pushed out God's blessing and prosperity and increase and leading. You can't keep his protection while you push him out. Do we need his protection? We can't last the day out as a free country without his protection. Do you understand this? The only reason we're as blessed and free as we are today is because God, 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 God. God has spared us and kept us and protected us. But see, we're getting a lot of people now, not just a handful, quite a number of people. They don't go to church. They don't believe in God. They don't pray. And they mean that we're not. Not in front of them. Not publicly. But what did he say here? You got what people think and you got what the Bible said. 
What did the Bible say? Come on, help me out. Verse 6. Read the whole thing. In what? In private life. Huh? In the privacy of your own home. What? In all your way. All your ways. All your ways would mean what? All your ways means what? Everywhere you go, everything you do, everything you're involved in, do what? Acknowledge God. Oh, I'm excited about this. We're going to get this in our spirit this morning. We're going to get stronger. Somebody say, acknowledge God. How many believe we ought to acknowledge God at the births of our children? We ought to acknowledge God at our weddings. Or not just be about the man and the woman. God ought to be talked about. God ought to be in the middle of this. Right? The couple ought to commit to serve God. Honor God. What about in our jobs, in our workplaces? Huh? Should we be ashamed of the gospel? Should we be ashamed of the Lord? Should we be afraid to say the word God or the word Jesus? Hmm? What if our company refuses to acknowledge God at all? Will it affect them? He said, I will honor those who honor me. What about those who despise me, which we've come to see, includes just ignoring and leaving out. What about them? That means if they say, you can't talk about God, forget about God. And I'm not talking about you trying to preach to everybody instead of doing your work. That's being a bad witness. I ain't talking about that. But I'm talking about leaders and companies and businesses that are against any acknowledgement of God. Well, they just pushed God out of their affairs. Hmm? And do you want to be a part of something that God lightly esteems? Should God be acknowledged? Hmm? Everything we do, every time something good happens to us, every time we get promoted, every time we get blessed, should God be acknowledged? Should he be acknowledged? Yes. Yes, in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And what's going to happen? Come on, read the rest of this. This is exciting. What's going to happen? He shall direct. Is that honoring you? If God's directing your path, what does that mean? That means you're always at the right place at the right time. And things just happen for you. And they just work for you. You've got favor on your life. You've got blessing on your life. Why? God is honoring you. Isn't he? Why is he honoring you? Because everything you do from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, you are acknowledging him. You're honoring him. Acknowledging him is part of honoring him. Somebody say glory to God. Let me read this to you from some other translations. Remember the Lord. This is the NCV. Remember the Lord in all you do. And he will give you success. Is that part of God honoring you? Actually, down here in just a couple of verses later. Verse 9, read that. 
Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase, then what's going to happen? Another way of saying that's what? He's going to honor you. Can you see this? So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. Isn't that God honoring you? He's prospering what you put your hand to. He's multiplying your seed sown. You got so much coming in, you don't have room to contain it and hold it. That's God honoring you. But what happened first? You honored him. (laughs) Friends... We get this in our spirit and take us honoring God to a whole nother level. He's going to bless us on a whole nother level. He's going to take our lives and our businesses and our ministries to a whole nother level. Glory to God. Say it again. Lord, teach me how to honor you more. One way you, you honor him is by what? Acknowledging, acknowledging him. Easy to read says, with every step you take, think about what the Lord wants and he'll help you go the right way. (laughs) In every step you take, think about what the Lord wants. Acknowledge him, look to him. The English version says, remember the Lord in everything you do and he'll show you the right way. Remember him. Somebody say remember him. Remember. You see you're not going to acknowledge him if you forget him. Got to remember him. Got to remember him. And when folk tell us well you leave that God stuff out of here. Leave God out. We don't have any place for God. Well do they have a place for me then? Because I just don't leave home without him. How about you? I don't want to go anywhere without him. Hmm? And I don't want to chime in with anybody that doesn't want to even acknowledge his existence and ignore him and, and got no place and space for him. No, in all our ways, we acknowledge him. Now, uh, God has been so gracious to us. We have been spared untold things. I mean, I, we've heard. Scores and scores of things that our enemies had planned that our uh, government and our intelligence community found out about and stopped and prevented. Never happened. That's the mercy of God. I said, that's the goodness of God. But one thing we need to ask ourselves as spiritual people and people of understanding is why didn't God protect us from 9-11? Are y'all with me? A lot of folk don't like to ask these questions. Could he have? He did for decades. Are you listening? He has for decades. He spared us from all other kind of things. Why wasn't he able to legally protect us from that? This is serious. I said this is serious. Now, a lot of people don't like it this plain. They don't like it this black and white. They like to use all other kind of things or just say we're ignorant and we don't know. No, God is bigger, far bigger than the devil, than Al-Qaeda, than all terrorists. God is way bigger 
than Osama bin Laden. Hmm? How many say with just a few sweeps of God moving in the earth, there wouldn't be a terrorist problem anymore? Wouldn't be anything for us to fool with. And the Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's not what we're experiencing. So what might we assume? That there's a bunch of our ways as a nation that's not pleasing to him. And it's not that God's against us. It's not that 9-11 was the will of God in any way, shape, form, or fashion. He is not the destroyer. It wasn't his will. It didn't please him. But why wasn't he able to protect us from it? I'll tell you one thing. It's obvious. In huge parts of our school system, our court system, right? Our federal government, our state government. God is no longer welcome. He is no longer acknowledged. He's no longer respected. And people who want to stand up and say, hey, let's pray for rain. Thousands of folk jump up and say, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't talk about God here. That's a problem. I said, that's a problem. Well, you can't control everybody, but we can sure pray. And we cannot be cowards or pushovers. And somebody tells us we can't acknowledge God, we can't pray, we'll act like we didn't even hear Him. And just go ahead on and pray. Makes people mad. Well, it makes the devil mad. Look what kind of company you're in. Now, Phyllis and I were watching something the other day on the Weather Channel. It's something I was not aware of. And they began to talk about Governor Patton and the Battle of the Bulge and his prayer for rain. Have y'all heard? What did I say? Governor? General. Excuse me. General Patton. Anybody know who I'm talking about? General Patton. And uh, at the Battle of the Bulge. Let me read this to you. I think this is going to bless you. A lot of you know it. A lot of you don't. General Patton and all the troops were in Europe and there had been rain for months and it was given the Germans an advantage and they were able to get the element of surprise in numerous places and I mean it was awful. There was terrible loss of life and this rain in the wintertime just went on month after month and it was hurting and it was looking like that the our forces could lose and uh, it said this came from an article a government document actually excuse me a government document in 1950 it said that uh, governor governor general Patton called his army chaplain on the morning of December 8th 1944 when the 3rd Army Headquarters was located in France. He said, this is General Patton. Do you have a good prayer for weather? We must do something about these rains if we're going to win the war. And his reply was that he knew where to look and he'd report within the hour. (laughs) And he hung up the phone. And he said he looked out on the rain and it just fallen. It had been so terrible, the mud and the cold and 
The rain had plagued their army from September until now, December the 8th. He said he looked at several prayer books that he had and formal prayer, and he didn't think anything would satisfy the general. So he typed an original. (laughs) Glory to God. On a five by three card. And here was the prayer he typed. Almighty and most merciful Father, we humbly beseech you of your great goodness to restrain these immoderate rains with which we have had to contend. Grant us fair weather for battle. Graciously hearken to us as soldiers who call upon you. And armed with your power, we can advance from victory to victory and crush the oppression and wickedness of the enemy and establish your justice among all men and nations. (laughs) Now, he's not dancing around calling the name of God and who he's talking to. And so he came back and he read it. And the general said, Have 250,000 copies of that printed and see to it that every man in the army gets one. And then he said, Chaplain, can you see General Patton? The preacher's standing there. Chaplain, how much praying is being done in the third army? And he said, "Uh, does the general mean by the chaplains or by the men? He said, by everybody. He said, I'm afraid to admit it, but I do believe that not much praying is going on. When there's fighting, everybody prays. But now with this constant rain and things are quiet, men just sit and wait for things to happen. Prayer out here is difficult. For the chaplains and the men, there's no special building with a temple. Prayer to most of them is a formal ritualized affair. I don't believe much praying is being done. He said, chaplain... I'm a strong believer in prayer. <laughs> he said there are three ways that men get what they want. They plan, they work, they pray. He said any great military operation takes careful planning and thinking. You've got to have well-trained troops to carry it out. And that's been working. But between the plans and the operation, there's the unknown. And that unknown can spell defeat or victory, success or failure. Some people call it getting the brakes. I call it God. (laughs) I call it God. Come on, tell me, what is General Patton doing? Come on, tell me. He's acknowledging God. And in doing that, he is honoring, honoring God. Now, you know, the Bible talks about in their distress, they will seek me early. Now, it's easy for people to talk like they talk sitting up in their air-conditioned houses. Hmm? But when you're out there in the mud and the snow and the freezing cold and people are dying all around you, and it looks like you could lose your whole country. Did you hear me? And this has been happening month after month after month. It tends to strip away all the goofy philosophies and everything else. You need to know who you believe in. And General Patton, thank God, was not confused. He said, some people call it getting the brakes. I call it God. He said, God has his part in everything. 
And that's where prayer comes in. Up till now, he said, in this third army, God has been very good to us. This is General Patton talking. We've never retreated. We've suffered no defeats, no famine, no epidemics. And this is because a lot of people back home are praying for us. Now, this is not secondhand information. These are the chaplain's own words that were standing in his office. Out of a government document from 1950. He said in Africa, in Sicily, in Italy, because people prayed. But we got to pray for ourselves too. <laughs> now, I won't read you the whole thing. But he went on saying, he said to talk to me about Gideon. This is General Patton. Telling him about Gideon in the Bible. And he said men should pray no matter where they are. If they're in church or out of it. And if they don't pray. Sooner or later they're going to crack up. (laughs) The chaplain said to all this I agree. And he said the, uh, the general says. Put in a training letter on this subject of prayer to all chaplains. He said if we'll pray. He said, it's like plugging into the power. It's General Patton. It'll be like plugging into the current whose source is in heaven. I believe prayer completes that circuit. It's power. So uh, they sent this out to all the chaplains and all the men. Urge the men to pray. Not just in church, everywhere. Pray when you're driving. Pray when you're fighting. Pray when you're alone. Pray when you're with others. Pray by night. Pray by day. Pray for the cessation of these immoderate rains. And for good weather for the battle. Pray for the defeat of the wicked enemy. Pray for victory. Pray for the army. Pray for peace. You see why we won the war? People like this. Glory to God. Listen to this. As General Patton rushed his divisions into certain place here it says. The prayer was answered. Now this started on December the 8th. On December the 20th. To the consternation of the Germans. And to the delight of the American forecasters. Who were surprised at the turnabouts. The rains and the fogs ceased. For the better part of a week, there came bright, clear skies and perfect flying weather. Our planes came over by the tens and hundreds and thousands. (laughs) Listen to this. It said, uh, well, he said, after this, in late January, when I finally saw the army commander again, this was in the city of Luxembourg, he stood directly in front of me and smiled and said, well, Padre, our prayers worked. I knew they would. Then he cracked me on the side of my steel helmet with his riding crop. That was his way of saying, well done. (laughs) Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. This is what we must have in the White House. This is what we must have in our Supreme Court. This is what we must have in our senators and our representatives, our governments, right? It is not okay. For godless people to demand we can't acknowledge God in public life. We need God. We need Him in everything. We need Him in this war on terror. 
Just like they needed him then in that war. We need him now. Without him, we'll not succeed. See, people like to think, oh, we're America. We got all this. We got the power. We got the military. Are you kidding me? Without God's help, we can be gone. Other empires and nations have stood much longer than us. And you can't even find them today. And again and again, it was people who ignored God. Who left God out. Pulled him out. Somebody quote that scripture to me. In all your ways. Acknowledge him. Then what had happened? He'll direct your path. Somebody say glory to God. He will direct your path. Stand on your feet everybody. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's worship God today. Let's acknowledge him publicly. Aren't you glad? We don't have to be afraid in this house here today. We can acknowledge God publicly. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Oh, we bless you. 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 We honor you. We acknowledge you. Hallelujah. Now let's pray. We've been talking about prayer. Let's pray. Let me lead you in a prayer. Say it out loud. Father God. Great merciful Father. Like those of old. We pray today. We acknowledge. You are our God. You. The God of Abraham. Isaac. Jacob. The God and Father. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. You. Are our God. And no other. We acknowledge. You. And only you. And And we say. We we need you. you. Our country needs you. you. We need you. you. And so we pray. And we ask. ask, Give us. us Godly men and women. women That will pray to you openly. That will will acknowledge you. you Without fear. Give us us. such leaders. leaders. Give us us. such men and women. women. In Jesus' name. name. Any laws laws that have been passed passed against you, against your church, church. may they be repealed. May they be be changed. changed. Godless people who fight you. Who despise you. Who despise us. May their words fall to the ground. And not be heard. May they lose their funding. Lose their power. Lose their voice. You are mighty. Listen to their railings against you. And let those voices be silenced. silenced. 
Lord, help us. Instead of going backwards, to move up and forward and become a nation and become a people where you are honored more than ever before, more than in past times, more than in the 50s, that you would be honored, that you would be acknowledged. That you would be glorified glorified. more than ever before. before. And we thank you you. that as we do, do, you will honor us. us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You know, I was talking with a fellow minister this past week in another state, and he was telling Phyllis and I about uh, he and his wife some things they had wanted to do in the city and had never been done. And uh, that different business owners and people that were involved with properties and different things, they said, Ain't no way. And this was years ago. Ain't no way. Ain't going to happen. Your God can't do that. And he said when he heard that, he just smiled. And I knew exactly what he's talking about because as you read in the Bible, you see that when people publicly insulted God and questioned his ability, oh man. How many remember the three Hebrew children standing in front of Nebuchadnezzar and the fiery furnace? What did he say? Who is that God that can deliver you out of my hand? Well, in a few minutes, he knew. And when the enemy had come against uh, Hezekiah and the people of God, and he said to them, don't you let Hezekiah talk you into trusting God? All the other gods of the nations, could they keep the people out of my hand? And who is your God? Your God can't stand before me. And that was when the Lord sent out the angel and killed 185,000 of their soldiers, and they all ran back home. So when people start opening their mouth and saying, your God can't do that. Who do you think you are? Ain't no God can do that. You say, say it again. Say it louder. (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) But as for us and our house, we will serve the Lord. We will honor God. We will say he can do it. We will say he will do it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, be seated. Ushers, come on down to the front. We're going to honor the Lord's redemptive sacrifice this morning. Are you ready to do that? And we're going to take communion over this message. What does that mean? We're going to commit to never being ashamed of the Lord. Never being pushed into fear and uh, to silence. But we're going to honor him publicly and boldly. And then as we leave this place, 
will not be ashamed of the Lord or the gospel anywhere, anytime. Somebody say, in all my ways. I will acknowledge him and give him glory and honor. Praise God. Go ahead and sing. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.